I'm David Robinson. And I'm David Jr. And it's time to get back to the fundamentals. So, Dad, what are we talking about today? Well, David, let's, um, let's tackle the subject of integrity. Now, <laughs> integrity seems to be a bit of a, a lost art today. <laughs> People who actually do what they say they're going to do uh, are becoming increasingly rare. And particularly, you know, obviously the most obvious thing I think is politics, right? We see people will go on the campaign trail. They'll make promises. But how many of us really expect them to fulfill all those promises, right? And then now in the news with all of the exposing this and exposing that, we see people aren't who they say they are. And it, and, it, and it's a little bit discouraging, right? It's a little bit frustrating when you're overwhelmed with every time I turn on the TV, I see people are lying to me. I don't even trust the media, right? We used to get the newspaper and it was like law, right? The newspaper is said in the newspaper that, but now we have to ask which newspaper was, which outlet was it? Was it the conservative outlet or was it the liberal outlet? And what was the spin? <laughs> you know, I mean, so spin is the big word now, right? So I think if we can add some perspective to integrity, I, I think that would be real valuable. Integrity is a word that I don't think I ever really understood growing up. It was yeah. kind of felt like this old, tiny biblical. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I, I just well, didn't well you know, it. the Bible says the Proverbs 10 and nine says the man of integrity walks securely. No, which it makes sense. And I think as, as I've gotten older, that definition of doing what you're saying you're going to do really resonated because it's, you get to set that. There is no law that like what you I mean, maybe there are, but you know, you get to set, you get to set what you are going to say you're going to do. And to have integrity can be on your own terms and it can look different, but you have to, you have to define that for yourself. And, and, and it's relevant to everybody, whether you're in the workplace or you're on a, you're on a sports team or something like you, the worst thing is somebody who flakes right. on you That's and true. something that, that yeah, that's the absolute worst thing. And when it's for something you really care about and they don't show up, that makes you question everything. Yeah. And even it makes you question everything about them and you just can't trust them anymore. Yeah. The the base level is show up. Trust is the key, right? Yeah. And then, you know, we talk about integrity and why is it important, right? Like what why do we need integrity? <laughs> yeah, right? That, I guess that's the that's the first question we have to ask ourselves. Like, why is this a pillar? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. yeah, we should tell the truth most of the time, but yeah, we have white lies, we have lies not to hurt each other's feelings, we have lies about Christmas, you know, we have lies about Easter. <laughs> you know, we got we got all kinds of nice little convenient lies that we tell each other, right? They help us get through life, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to tell the kids that we're arguing, so we lie about it. Or, you know, so there's all kinds of times and places in our society when a lack of integrity or a lie is acceptable, right? So why is this a pillar, <laughs> right? What makes this so critical going forward? And I think you addressed it a little bit, right? If people can't count on you, if people don't know that you're good for your word, well, then what value do you really have? Right. If we make a promise to each other, a marriage, we make a promise. What good are your words to me? I want to share everything I have with you. <laughs> All of a sudden, I know I can't trust you. 
then where does that put our relationship? Right. And so I think I think that's the point that we really want to make about why is integrity a pillar? Why is it something that we feel is is integral to your success? It's integral to your future. It's integral to your legacy, because if we have to question everything came out of your mouth and everything that you did, then you have no impact. Yeah, And it's funny talking with people before cell phones were invented. Because the concept of getting stood up just doesn't, I can't comprehend that. Mm, mm. If 30 years ago, if you said, let's meet at this restaurant at 7 p.m., if you didn't show up, you just, like, what, you're going to wait there for 30 minutes? <laughs> yes, that's what we did. An hour, two hours, <laughs> you can exactly sit there like a fool and, 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 and wait? And when do you know to leave? And so that, that idea is just so confusing. Like, what if you got, you, you flew in and you're sitting at the airport, somebody said they were going to pick you up. You had no idea if they were going to come and get you or not. Right. And then how long do you wait? That used to actually mean something <laughs> when was, you said there was you were no Uber. So yes, you were going to wait a few hours. <laughs> there, no, you had to trust people and you had to have integrity where, I mean, it's not altogether a bad thing, but with technology and how things change, it just makes it easier to change plans. Yes. If I'm not feeling like it and we made plans two weeks ago, I can text that person an hour before and say, hey, we're not going to make it. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It, it just it, technology changes that. And, yeah. and so and just as I've talked to people from different generations, it, it's always been something that it just blows my mind where you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, you and your friends are going to go out that night. And then you, you just met at the bar. You just had to go on each other's word and they might call the bar and the phone would ring and the bartender would answer and be like, Hey, Joe, are you there? Like, no, Joe's not here. It's like, you had to, you had to depend on each other. Right. Right. And. But has that really changed? I guess that's the question, right? Has it, has it changed that you have to depend on each other? I mean, just because you might know more about, you know, where I was or, you know, what I was doing, is it still critical that you can count on me? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I, it is, it, it, it absolutely is. And, and, you know, we all seek relationships, you know, we all seek, you know, transparency. No one, no one likes to be lied to. <laughs> I don't know that that's ever going to change. And so I think the fact that even in a different world, right, even in a, even in a time such as now where there's all this data and there's all this accessibility to people. We need to know people are who they say they are. I mean, I don't do any online dating, never have. But I would hate to think that this person I've been talking to, I remember seeing this, uh, there's a show on right now that's a catfish. Catfish, that's right. I mean, you know, it's, and, and, and I would hate to find myself in that position where I, I've fallen in quote, love with, uh, with a person that is nothing like the person that the one that they portrayed. And, uh, and, and so, I mean, I think it, it's, I think it's just as relevant today as it ever has been. And yes, before we, we did have to take a few things kind of for granted, right? If somebody didn't show up, we had to assume there was a pretty good reason why they didn't show up, right? If they were three hours late to pick us up from the airport, that's just what it was. And we had to take their word for it. 
But nowadays, yes, we can check on that. We can say, where were you? Yeah. And all of a sudden, we make a couple like, calls. Saw you. We find out where you were from your Instagram. Yeah, I saw you, your story. Or someone you were else's Instagram. Playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so I, but I think that integrity, that, that character piece is just as critical. And I've learned it personally from watching other people. Like one of the greatest examples of a man of integrity that for me, impactful examples, and maybe you have some, but the greatest example for me, especially as a young player, now I came into the league to play in the NBA. I was playing with San Antonio Spurs and the Lakers had this guy named AC Green. And he's, I guess in, in the history books, he's kind of known as the Iron Man of basketball because he played so many games in a row, so many years not without missing a game. But the thing about him that stood out to me not just that consecutive streak, but the fact that this is a man of integrity, a man of character. He was living in L.A. <laughs> you talk about a city that that will throw a lot of things at you <laughs> and challenge your view of reality. And he's he's living in L.A. with the Showtime basketball team and trying to be a the 40 year old virgin. You know, I mean, that's what that's what his life was. It was all about and everybody knew it. And. And you had to think that people were going to challenge that on every front. So what um, do you mean for 40-year-old virgin? I, no. Educate us on okay, AC Green. Okay, AC Green. Is, AC Green, not only was he a, a, a great basketball player, 6'9", power forward for the Lakers. And you know, everybody knows about Magic Johnson and Kareem and all those great Laker players. And, and uh, he was one of those key role players that helped them be successful, helped them win championships, and played for year, years over there. And, and when I came into the league, uh, he was one of the veteran guys, and I remember meeting him really at a Bible study right before the game and and got to know him as a man and spent you know spent some time off the court with him and and just respected uh his approach i mean very serious, very focused man, but the thing that stuck out to me again is his integrity um his ability to live his life in the face of incredible pressure. An incredible challenge, and he he did it for years. Uh, so I mean, to me that that was kind of the definition of of, of integrity for me is uh, you know no matter what's thrown at you, you stand your ground and you be the man that you say you are, and you do the things you say you need to do. And 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 here I was a young impressionable guy living in San Antonio, uh, maybe not quite so many of the you know, <laughs> models coming up to me and talking to me <laughs> or the actresses and all that kind of that world. But uh, at the same time, I, I had to day by day make decisions that were going to uh, really define what people thought of me as a person. And I think now that I'm retired, more people come up to me remembering me for the things I did off the court rather than what I did on the court. I take pride in that. I think that that to be known for character it's, to me, that's a valuable thing. And so I, I really attribute that to some of the, some of the people that I've watched and I've seen uh, in, in action. And the thing about AC Green was that AC Green was in the NBA. He was at the, at the highest level. I mean, yeah. in LA, know, in LA. And we were, you know, the NBA was a, a, you know, a league known for its groupies, <laughs> but AC Green was a man known for being a virgin. He was saving himself for his marriage. And, and it was just, it was widely known. He, he proudly claimed it. He didn't ever back down from that. 
when he was asked about it in interviews. And and I think he took a lot of heat because of that. As much as he was known for the things he did on the court, I think people knew him for um, that stance he took off the court. And and what effect did that have on you? Well, for me, you know, seeing a man who, <laughs> wow, would take that kind of heat um, and he was one of the toughest guys on the floor. I think that's the thing you have to know about AC Green, right? <laughs> he was 6'9". He was, you know, he, he was not extra bulky, but he was, um, he was just tough. He would get in your face. He was physical. He would play hard. Uh, and he was a key component of that successful Laker team. He was a key component of, of a championship level team. So I respected what he did on the floor. I respected how he played and how hard he played and how he was fearless on the court. But he was just as fearless and just as fierce off the court. And to me, that just it just it's one thing to to respect a guy's stance, but to know he has such courage and such fierceness in the game that we're playing. And, you know, he didn't let that suffer. And so I think it made what he was doing off the court become even more prominent and more important. The big problem with that is, though. AC Green was part of the Showtime Lakers. He won. What is the story? What does the story look like if he was on? I don't even know who were the bad teams back then, but the equivalent to <laughs> it the, was uh, like the Clippers. Yeah, yeah and, the Clip, you know, he was on the Clip Clippers. Joint. Yeah, at yeah. that time, you know, and and then he doesn't. I mean, going back to integrity and all, it, it, people completely forget about the people with integrity that they remember were the successful ones. What about right. the what about right. the losers with no, integrity? That's a, that's a good point. And, and you get and they got nothing. <laughs> well, that's where I would disagree with you because it's not like they got nothing. They still had their integrity. I mean, maybe they didn't have that stage, that big stage, but all of us aren't meant to be on that big stage. Sometimes we're supposed to be the behind the scenes people. And I think sometimes the behind the scenes people are far more important than the mm. people up on the stage. I mean, I look at my family. They supported me the whole time I was playing the NBA. People don't know what my wife did all those years, but now I have three amazing kids and I have a track record of kind of successful things that we've done. And the person who I probably credit most for my success and my ability to kind of juggle all of these things, nobody knows, right? I mean, she's not on the forefront. She's not, she's not on, the, on the stage. So I, I think we can't get confused with what the world sees as popular or what the world sees as influential. Your reach may be one person or one family or who knows? You may be, I mean, I, I've seen stories in the Bible where a person is mentioned one time and, and it was that they waited their whole life to see Jesus. And that's what you remember him for. He waited his whole life. He saw him and he said, I can die peacefully now. Mm. <laughs> right. So, but that's now remembered throughout all of history. Uh, the story that comes to my mind is Steve Kerr during the playoffs in 03. Great point. I mean, Steve sat on the bench <laughs> for us, you know, throughout most of that, that playoff run. And then we got to the conference finals with um, Dallas, the, Mavericks, yeah. the, the Dallas Mavericks, and they had a, a fantastic team. We got uh, a little bit behind in, in, I don't know, game one of the games, game four or five, and we just had no energy that night. We really looked like we were going to lose this game, and Steve Kerr comes off the bench, and 
hits like four or five three pointers, and I mean, I think changes four, the whole yeah, changes the, the whole game. Brought us back almost by himself, and and you know, here's this this guy who he wasn't getting much playing time or anything, but but you know, his work every day in practice was relentless. This guy. I mean, Steve is one of the most dedicated, most disciplined guys I've ever seen. His career, uh, for a guy who really almost didn't play in the NBA, and mm-hmm. I mean, if you ever get a chance to look up Steve Kerr's story, I mean, Steve, he's so funny telling this story because he said, you know, he was playing his last summer league game before going off to, I think, University of Denver or something, right? He wasn't going to play basketball. He's playing his last summer league game and hits like, you know, some ridiculous number of three pointers in that game. And uh, Lute Olson from Arizona sees him and comes down after the game when Steve's packing his bags, ready to go to college and says, uh, I want to give you a scholarship from the university of Arizona. And now here's Steve Kerr, who's the coach of the world championship, golden state warriors who won five championships as a player, five championships as a player, one with our team, I mean, he's had a legendary career. Right. You, I, mean, I mean, he mean, didn't know he could have. I mean, he could have not played in that summer league game. Right? Like, oh, what? What does this even mean? I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to be a student. That's how my life. If he would have just consigned himself to resigned himself to that, yeah, he would have never. I mean, to go on and then now look where his life goes. <laughs> it's it's you just an, don't know where it, it is. It's an amazing story, you know. But but Steve, you know, never really gave up that that part of his game, that integrity, integrity, that workout, that, you know, that faithfulness. And, you know, he was ready. He was ready at all times. And I mean, you know, I'm blessed to have had him as a teammate and he was just a great, great friend for me. Uh, But a miraculous career (laughs) for for a guy who really almost didn't even make it to the NBA. Are there people for you like that? Mostly examples of lack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can learn from a lack of integrity too. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, 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 let me think. I, you don't have to call people out, I yeah. guess, you know, but, but it, do, it is impactful when you see people with a lack of integrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you personally hurt because of these people's lack of integrity or you just saw it having a consequence on the people around them? I think you, you see it, it just wears, it's, it's caustic, you know, you, yeah. you, you're on your opinion of them. And a lot of it can just be little, little things, just mm-hmm. not showing up for this or, flaking last minute and these little things that maybe don't mean a lot in that moment but like there's there's somebody in New York when I was living there that I met socially and we were in the same space he was interested in investing and doing social impact and it's like okay that's great but then everything he did in our social lives was so contrary to that <laughs> and just, I mean and, and not just like morals but just little things just mm. You could not count on him for anything. Yeah. And you know, when he would ask about jobs and like, is Admiral Capital hiring? My initial knee jerk reaction, no, <laughs> no way ever would we hire you. No way ever would we hire And, you know, and that's, I mean, that actually matters. And, yeah. and I want to recommend that person right. to any other firm. Right. Or and that's gonna have like you know those things that you know seemingly are not correlated, they do matter and like the things that seem old timey like letters of recommendation, yeah, that is a big deal when you're asking somebody to put their name and their reputation on the line for you, yeah, 
even just an email intro, you know, that, I mean, that's kind of how the investment in business world works. You get these warm intros yes. and, and that means something. I remember who introduced me to somebody. It's like, oh, Lorenzo introduced me to this guy and it's been the bane of my existence forever. <laughs> and you know where he came from. And so, so it does matter if, you know, where does that person come from? Yeah. And when you talk about, I mean, when we were talking to the scholars about networking, yeah. it's like you, you, the power of your network is it's incredibly important, right. but it can also be caustic. You know, you can also say, oh, that person came from him <laughs> That's or true. her. And, you know, automatically you have, you know, that that's going to that email is going to get sent to the bottom of the the, the inbox and you're going to take your sweet time to get to it. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that is so true. I, I think that's where, you know, especially working with kids and working with the kids at Carver, we're always trying to teach them that everything you do matters. Right. And everything you do is going to impact your future and your legacy. Right. And and you want a solid legacy. You want you want people to remember you in the right way. And and it only takes one bad thing. Sometimes you can be remembered for the worst thing you've ever done. We went to a prison recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Up in up in um, York, York, in, in, in New, upstate York, New York, upstate, upstate New York. And uh, and visited as a woman's prison. And there's a wonderful ministry. Defy Ventures. Defy Ventures. They, they they do a phenomenal job of of going in and and we were doing a entrepreneurial workshop with the women there. One of the things that uh, we did was we had to took almost a live survey, kind of asking, you know, what's you know, did you do this and did you do that and what how would you, you know did, how did you grow up and but I I remember one of the, the questions one of the questions was you know uh, are you remembered for the worst thing that you've ever done. And I thought to myself, wow, no, I'm not, you know, I, I've done some bad things, right? I remember the girls pointed out to me, they said, have you ever been in a fight? And I had, I stepped forward. Yes, I've been in a fight. And then, and then they asked, have you ever been arrested for, uh, not arrested for something you could have been arrested for? And I didn't move. And all the women pointed at me and said, you just said you were in a fight. And I was like, so, well, so- yeah, I guess I was, <laughs> you know? And, and so it just reminded me that, Hey, I, I have not, I am not remembered for the worst things I've ever done. But many of these women are remembered for the worst things they've ever done. And so, yeah, your reputation matters. I mean, the fact that, you know, as you said, when I recommend somebody, that carries a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. And I understand that weight. And, and, and it's a blessing to have that influence. But and, where does that weight come from? It's 20, 30 years of doing the right thing every day. That's what builds that weight. Every day. Every day. You've got you, you to build a, a track record. You know, I'm in the finance world. You know, we do Admiral Capital. We have a a lot of fun things that we do on the investment side. But if you don't have a track record, no one will invest with you. <laughs> or if you have a bad track record, no one will invest with you. And you've got to build that track record that, hey, I've been responsible with other people's money. I've made good choices time after time after time. And guess what? The longer you do that, the more people are going to start knocking on your door and saying, hey, I have some extra money. I'd love to invest with you. Because people are paying attention. People Whether pay you know attention. It or not. Well, it, you know, it works in your personal life. People are paying attention to what you do. You may think no one's watching. Someone's watching you. They're watching everything that you do. And it adds up over time. You may do some wrong things. But overall, they're going to get a picture of you. They're going to get an image of, of what type of person you are. And when you have established that I'm a dependable person, that I tell the truth, 
I can say that to people. I tell the truth. I mean, do I have little white lies where, you know, if someone asks me, well, do I look good in this dress? You look wonderful in that dress. This is (laughs) you're beautiful. Yeah, well, maybe sometimes, but I have a reputation of integrity. And and that is something I value tremendously. And and I think that, you know, you have to actively think about how you're going to build that. You have to proactively think about what, you know, I have an opportunity to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. You know, once you do the wrong thing, it's easy to kind of go down the slope. But if you do the right thing, you're building something special. You know, just like the Romans built the pyramids, right? There are these amazing things that are, you know, you can go out. I was, we were, I was in Egypt um, a few years ago and I got a chance to go and look at these pyramids and these massive blocks. You can't even imagine how they move one of these blocks. But needless to say, now here we are thousands of years later and there's these, these incredible monuments to slow, faithful work. And slavery. And slavery. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true, too. <laughs> the elbows, the, the yeah, grease that got it done. But yeah, yeah, that's another subject for another podcast. Uh, but yes, but uh, <laughs> that's what I love about you, Junior. You always keep me honest. Uh, but but yes, so I, I think, we, you know, us building our pyramid of integrity <laughs> is, uh, is, is an active process that I think we need to be very aware of. And even for, you know, kids going into college, getting out of college, you know, integrity doesn't necessarily equal success. Right. right. Especially as you go into that, you know, these upcoming years, it's okay to try hard things and you should be trying hard things. And if you fail at something hard and you did it the right way, that still counts on your resume. When you know, yeah. if you if you try to start a company, you know, and you even if you took on investor money, you tried to start a company, and you failed and lost that investor's money. If you still did the right way, people will invest. That same investor will invest in your next company. Yeah, it, no, that's true. But you know, I, and I also think you know, to your point, doing the right thing doesn't always produce what you hope it produces. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, coming into the league and I got saved and I wanted to live right and I wanted to do the right things. That wasn't always widely received well, you know, much like AC Green's stance for purity wasn't always widely received well. People, you know, some people mocked him for that. And so sometimes you're going to have to take a few of the rocks thrown at you for trying to do the right thing. I remember being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And and I felt like they were mocking me. You know, they had me, St. David, sitting up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And, and everybody knows I'm not a saint, you know, but that was the way they chose to portray that story. And I felt like, okay, that's not overly positive, but it was at least for me a sign that I'm at least trying to do the right thing. I'm going in the right direction because they, they see at least I'm trying to be the right guy. You know, you know maybe they think I'm a goody two-shoes, but... That doesn't matter to me. What mattered is I'm building a track record over a long period of time. I'm trying to build a track record over a long period of time. And I'm I'm hoping that, you know, the good things that I do far outweigh the bad things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I can say now, 30 years later, that, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the track record. I'm pretty pleased with how it's turned out. But, you know, there were moments, up and down moments along the way that maybe weren't so fun. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that's always bothered me. Just look back at history at you know, people who are not bad people who got 
just the short end of a macro situation. You know, I mean, the Jews in in Germany for the Holocaust, they didn't deserve that. They were probably living, you know, just fine lives. And then, you know, something like, you know, something like the Nazi regime comes out and, and completely wipes out millions of people or, or, I mean, just, I mean, countless, you look at, listen to Dan Carlin's hardcore history and, there are so many people that just got wiped by the wayside right. and integrity is not, does not certainly does not guarantee you anything, but I think over time you do, I've come to realize that your odds are much better if you do live with integrity yeah. and it's, I mean, it's, it's probabilities. You don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. you, you want to have the odds in your favor and you want to do as much as you can to set yourself up for success. And, and like you said, in the, the Bible, they, the man of integrity walks securely, right? Even if you're not successful, not having to look over your shoulder all the time is a lot better of a way to live yeah. anyways. Absolutely. And you'll sleep well. I mean, yeah. that's the thing when you, when you know, you don't have to cover for your lies, you sleep really, really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and even like you said, when you don't have success, you meet some failure. I mean, you know, the problem with these fundamentals is that when you do them right, they're not sexy, right? I saw it in sports. It's not sexy to go out and work on my ball handling, and it's not sexy to go out and and work on my passing ability. You know, yeah, I want to be fancy. I want to make a nice pass, you know, around the back or, you know, through my legs. But you didn't do much of that, though. Not not much of that. No, you're right. I did not do much of that. I was focused on the fundamental. But those fundamentals were something that, yeah, I was able to build my game off of. And over the long time, you know, you do the ordinary things in an extraordinary manner and you will command the attention of the world. The mid-range jumper. It's not easy to score 30 points a game if you don't hit your free throws and have a mid-range jumper. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I want to get this across to our listeners because, you know, these fundamentals, they're not going to be sexy all the time. And, they don't guarantee that everyone's going to like you. They don't guarantee this immediate success. You know, as a matter of fact, it might trigger just the opposite because you do these fundamentals well and uh, the opposite response to you. But if you do them long enough over a period of time and you show consistency and you show faithfulness, um, then they will produce a field of fruit of righteousness. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we all want. We we want we want that righteousness to really grow out of our lives. I mean, we want to be able to have that peace and that joy, you know, and that patience and that kindness and that gentleness and all those things, all those fruits that come out of doing the right thing time and time and time again. I I think it's important for for the listeners to know it's not going to be easy and they're they're inevitable obstacles that they're going to run into. And especially today when everything is so knee jerk, instant gratification, when you hit failures and you hit tough times, your knee jerk reaction is not, Oh, this is going to be okay in the long run. Right. You're going to cover it up or, you know, you're going to think about what can I do about it now? Right. And it's really important to, to know it's okay to, to admit that something's wrong now because in the long term you can can, recover you can can recover from that versus people will never forget you lying or you you falsifying something and that will stay with you forever that'll stay with you forever you're right i mean i you know i i came up in the military so going to the naval academy 
I learned that lying could cost somebody their life. If they said, did you load that torpedo or did you do the right thing? Or did you, uh, you know, my commanding officer needed to know that I was telling him what was the truth. Right. A lot of times I think people don't like people don't understand. A lot of times people just need to know. They don't need to know what you think they need to want to hear. Right. They just need to know the information. Right. And anybody that's ever been a boss <laughs> in any type of an office situation or any type of a, um, you know, when you're trying to you know, do something, you want people around you that will give you the honest assessment. And and so, you know, people think lying will help them move forward when lying will not help you move forward. Lying will in the short term, like you said, it may it may get you past a certain circumstance, but in the end, it's really going to bite you because people are going to remember that you were the guy that they couldn't trust and you caused trouble for your superiors because you didn't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, and, and telling the truth is not, you know, people don't like the truth sometimes, you know, <laughs> I think. Um, you know, that's, I remember there was a movie that said, uh, you don't want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, well, you know, I think, you know, we need to be very careful because, uh, we have to deal with the truth. Mm-hmm. We, we can't run around and, and lie to ourselves about where we are, whether you're in a business or whether you're in a relationship, you know, we're just prolonging the agony. Um, and if we, if we actually face the truth, and we're honest about it, maybe we can deal with it and get past it, right? Um, the great thing at the Naval Academy, and I'll tell you, for me, this taught me a lot, is is they put us in a situation where we were going to fail a lot. <laughs> you know, when you come in, they give you too much stuff to do. They give you a book to read, and they, they ask you questions from this book all day long, every day. And they're like, okay, learn the next 10, 15 pages in this Reef Points book. And then we're going to question you about it tomorrow. But then they give you no time to study it. and You're running around all day. And so you got to memorize the menus for the meals and everything else. And then the next day when you don't know what you're supposed to know, you kind of have to swallow the pill. <laughs> you, know, you have to take it on the chin. And so you might have three or four guys out there yelling at you, telling you you're stupid because you didn't remember such and such. And this is highest achieving kids in the country. Yeah, these like are kids some, not used to failure. Not used to failure. That That's the thing. You're forced to fail. You're forced to fail. But then you realize that that's not the end of the world, right? We can recover from failure. You can always, always recover from failure. But the lying, you can't always recover from that. That will be a stain on your character forever. And so, you know, in the long run, you know, the integrity piece is going to be the piece that builds where the lie is going to be the piece that tears apart. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's something we just got to keep in the back of our minds as we make decisions, as we go forward, uh, how critical this piece is for our foundation. We have to lay a foundation of integrity. We cannot afford to be people who, um, who can't be counted on, right? You know, in our relationships, we, we all, as we, you know, we think about our marriages, we think about, we want solid relationships. You don't want someone lying to you. So don't be the person that lies to the other, uh, that to that person. So, I mean, I think, you know, we have to be what we hope uh, from others. So what about, what about these historical figures that I've always had a little trouble with, mm-hmm. you know, two being JFK and, and MLK. 
Two they big were great. Yeah. They were they were great men. They did yeah. incredible things, but yeah. they also had great PR people because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some, there were some, um, yeah, some inconsistencies right. I mean, I mean, MLK there. was a preacher that ran around. Like that's, and now he's famous for being like, what? <laughs> like that's, do, are we just not going to talk about that? Oh. Like, are we, are we not going to talk about you know, that? Like, let, let's, you know, let's talk about that. I, you know, I, I love the fact that you like to challenge convention all the time. Um, yeah, no, you're right. How does that? How do we reconcile? That, right, right. I mean, like uh, you know, you you look at someone who might have maybe you know we 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 weren't there. We don't know, but might have been in, in, unfaithful to their wives, and you think, okay, wait, if you're unfaithful to your wife, like you we don't mean anything. How do you trust anything else? How do you trust a guy who doesn't you know who if integrity doesn't show is so faithfulness to his own family? Key. Like that's like that seems like a foundational thing, right? And and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this is a foundational thing. This is a black mark, a tick on a, an otherwise impactful life, right? This is something that right. will forever be remembered as a part of this this man or these men's legacy. Now, does it take away from the fact that they were very influential? No. I mean, I've known players who have days, been phenomenal they- players, but they've had other issues in their lives. Does it take away from what they accomplished on the floor? No. It does not. But does it take away from the legacy that they're leaving for other people? Absolutely. So it's not an all or nothing. It's not an it's, all or nothing. I mean, we're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And some of these, some of the most famous men in history have made mistakes. All but of them have. Probably. Some of them. Yeah, all of them. Yes, that's a good point. All of them have. <laughs> yes, all of everyone has. So, yeah. So the question is. You know, which of your mistakes are going to be the ones or like, you know, all we can do is do the best we can every single day. And that's why every decision is important. That's why integrity is so important, because you don't want those issues to outweigh the good that you're doing. You don't want those things to be the things that you're remembered for. And that's very possible. It could have teetered either way. We could remember King David in the Bible for his affair with Bathsheba and the fact that he killed her husband. He killed her husband. Like, okay, <laughs> in today's world, you're a murderer and a cheat? Right. Okay. Well, you know what David is remembered for? He's remembered that God says, this was a man after my own heart. You mean the murderer, philanderer guy? You know, but we see David's heart. As soon as he was found in his, in his situation, he fell on his knees and tore his clothes and he said, woe is me. He said, I, I'm, I'm caught. And, and it's true. It's who I am. It's what I've done. And he was able to face up to that and move forward from that. And God was allowed him to move forward from that. So it doesn't have to, your mistakes don't have to define you because mm-hmm. that mistake doesn't, it's a part of his legacy. Yes. But it doesn't define who David was. When, when most people think of David, they think of a man after God's own heart. Wow. Because of his, Otherwise, pretty strong integrity, right? And and I think that you know those are the things that you know we got to think about in our lives. Are 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 our mistakes going to outweigh our good? Yeah, and I think that's a hard thing for young people. And I know for me, yeah. growing up, it's like you know, I always saw it as all or nothing. It yeah. and it's you, no you just, by no means all or nothing. And 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 trying to trying to process that with your, I think as you get older. You start to see all the gray areas and see how it just it's murky. 
Yeah. And, and you see how much, how hard life is. Yeah. And, and when you're young, you might, you just, I don't think you can, you have the experience to process that. Right. And how are you supposed to deal with that cognitive dissonance? Right. Where now half the people you learn about in the history books. <laughs> They're not uh, who. Yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, look at the it's Alamo. It's only a fraction of who they say they yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, look right. at the Alamo. It's right. it, when you really start to peel it back. You know, this symbol of freedom and Texas freedom here in our city, San Antonio, it was a bunch of white slave owners that really came in and were squatters here in Texas. <laughs> and then they had a revolution. And then the anti-slavery Mexican government came to take their land back. And, and, and what's the story we get? <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, you're right. And like, how are you supposed to process that? Like, what is? Yeah. Uh, as 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 somebody growing up, it's no, everything is. Hey, that's you, that's reality. You're absolutely right. Some things we have a hard time reconciling, and we don't have the answers. We don't have all the answers, right? Um, but we we know we know that the thing we can control is us, right? We can control what we do and how we approach these things, and we can take the best of what we remember of those people, right? And we can move forward or we can take the worst and we can be discouraged. And, and I, you're, you're absolutely right. Men have had flaws from the beginning. I mean, you know, you know when I go back to look at Abraham and, you know, he's the father of all nations, but, you know, his first child was not born by his wife, you know? I mean, there is, there is, <laughs> He, he, he denied even having a wife, uh, you know, in one of the stories. So it, it really is hard sometimes to reconcile that, you know, that you know, we, we do have the flaws and we've got to kind of work around them. We've got to figure that stuff out. And we've got to work in such a way that we can't let our, our negative deeds define us, mm-hmm. right? If, if we are able to lay down a track record and prove that integrity was the most important thing in our lives, right? Then we give ourselves a chance. It's doing what you're supposed to be doing or doing what's right, even when nobody's watching, right? So, you know, this podcast goes off, we go home. Um, what do you do then? Who are you then? That That's the true you. And, and you know, if you can be conscious of integrity, and, and desire integrity, be a man or a woman of integrity, then, then that's really going to define who you are. The Fundamentals with David Robinsons is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive producers are Lorenzo Gomez III and John Garcia. Recorded and engineered by Michael Argent and edited by Jason Barrera. Find out more about the fundamentals at geekdommedia.com. Follow us on social media at Geekdom Media. And learn more about Idea Carver Academy at ideapublicschools.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.